Welcome everyone to the third um, Obstacle Races podcast. Yeah, the third episode. Third episode. Um, Steve Steady and I'm in my last day of level four lockdown in Auckland. Hopefully can get takeaways tomorrow, or at least takeaway coffee. Um, yeah, it's, it's the first thing I did when Wellington dropped down, actually. <laughs> I went out and ordered a coffee. The only thing is we've got a little little one just up the road from us and it's right on the edge of a park and it's crowded on a normal day at 7, 6.37 in the morning. So people walking tomorrow, it will be mayhem. Oh, yes. Be worthwhile though. Be worth it. It will be. It will be. Just be able to get out and talk to someone other than my wife would be good <laughs> face to face. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I can't imagine in Auckland. Yeah. Because I mean, Wellington and the rest of the country has already dropped down. Um, but yeah, the announcement, we're not going level one, the rest of the country, we're still level two for now, unknown date. Um, but yeah, the recent announcement that Auckland's dropping down from level four to level three is good. I imagine yep. you're quite relieved. Yes, yes. Okay, so this week's episode, we have a, have a chat with you, get your take on the world. Yeah, so last week, or last episode, we interviewed you um yep. found out about you and this episode you switched roles and you interview me um yeah talk about i guess my my background and how i got into ocr and talk a little bit about parkour and crossfit and ocr and um obstacle races new zealand yes well that's good that's good um so we'll get to that in a minute. Do you want to go through any upcoming events that you know of um, that haven't been cancelled at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting that Muddy Good Run uh, is still going ahead this weekend, um, yep. even though we are under level two still um, in Christchurch where they are. They are still going to go ahead. Um, they are just going to restrict the event in some way. Uh, based on the email, it says, yeah, because gatherings are, well, the recent announcement earlier in the week was that gatherings have been um, lifted, the limit up to 100 participants. Um, so they are going to only have 100 participants in any one gathering, but they're going to spread it throughout the day. Um, and they're going to have mini waves within the events as well. They don't specify what the mini waves how that's going to work in the email. Um, but last last lockdown in Wellington, must have been level two as well. I entered an Xterra and they did the same thing. They restricted every starting wave to 100 people only. Um, and you, you ran in your wave and you finished and went to your own finishing area. Oh, so I was going to say, yeah, it's the, the actual running of the race wouldn't be so bad, but it's before and after that's it's keeping everyone. So that's they had different areas, did they? They did, yeah. They had uh, the start was all the same. But they asked everyone stay away from the finish line until it was your starting time, and then you ran the race. And then when you finished, they had separate finishing areas like, all coned off, so you finished and went into your area. Um, but it, but in saying that, like this, the exterior in Wellington was pretty small. There was I don't know a few hundred people there, and yep. don't know what muddy good run gets, but they might be quite small compared to. Uh, I was thinking you based in Auckland. Um, I don't know if a an event up there could do the same strategy, where they split 
if Auckland eventually goes to level two, <laughs> fingers crossed. Don't know if they could do the same thing where they could split waves into 100 people. Because, um, I mean, you could do that that format with 500 people at the event, but I don't know if you could do it with 1,500 or you know 3,000 people at the event. Okay, no problem. Yeah, but it's interesting to see they go ahead. Um, yeah, so CJMS Events runs Muddy Good Run. Um, they also hold another another one throughout the year, and they used to hold CBD Stampede, another obstacle race, which I think isn't on at the moment. Um, don't remember seeing news about that in the past year or two. Mm-hmm. And then coming up outside of that, there's... Well, I'm excited. A few events I'm going to enter myself, hopefully. Uh, so 16th of October is the Mudder in Wanganui and Martin, just outside of Wanganui. Uh, the weekend after that is the Tough Guy and Girl Rotorua, including the Tough Guy and Girl Championships. And that's still on, is it? At this point, it's still on, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, the only reason I say I've got a friend, we were going to go to it, and he said that he's going to take um apparently they're offered uh to to, to to move it to next year it roll his um race over to next year so okay so um i honestly haven't no I, there is a few emails there i haven't gone and had a look ah. so. yeah i mean it myself um i don't think i've received that email i might yep. have missed it <laughs> but as far as i'm aware at this point they haven't postponed it's going ahead okay. yeah um we'll see though i mean things are constantly changing under covid and the weekend after that the 30th of october is the wanaka dash yeah the shepherd she mozzle as well um Hmm. outside of palmerston north it's a um that's an interesting one that one you get to run it with your shepherd's dog Yeah, I've seen it on telly a few times. Um, they put it on um, that Sunday TV show, um, Country Calendar. They've had it on a couple of times on that. It looks an interesting event. It'd um, be worthwhile going and have a look one day. I don't have a, a shepherd's dog, a lazy Labrador. But, uh, yeah, it certainly looks different, that's for sure. Very yeah. mm. New Zealand, I think, as well. It's like Yes, yes. <laughs> having a, an obstacle race you run with your, your dog. Your dog. Oh, sorry. How many other countries would have that? Um, and, the, and at this point, the weekend after, the 6th to 7th of November is Spartan, Auckland. Yep. Um, at this point, it's still fully going ahead. But yeah, hold our breath on that one. We'll have to see if there is another postponement coming on that one. And for Wanaka Dash, uh, so you and I both know the event organiser, um, Martin behind that one and we're actually going to get him on a future episode of this podcast yes yeah we'll um have a chat with him see how it is and what's happening with that yeah for sure um but the only news i had was uh, i watched the high rocks uh in Leipzig, germany the other day um Lauren Weeks, uh, for those that follow it, she uh, broke her own world record by about a minute and 22 seconds or something. And the the men, um, I'm not sure I'm actually going to have a go at trying to say their names, but uh, it was a bit of a 
a um, oops, hold on, I clicked on the wrong page. Um, was a bit of an upset with Hunter McIntyre not even finishing on the uh, the, the podium. Uh, he got fourth with David McGeeter, uh fifth. They were one and two in the last one, but it was mm -hmm. Tobias Luchtenweiner from Germany who won, and Alexander, and I'm not even going to attempt that name, <laughs> and then Targo Losa from Portugal was third. Um, they were all very close. Uh, Tobias did it in exactly spot on an hour, which is um, slightly faster than his last time because his, la his last time was uh, an hour and four minutes. So. Oh, wow. It's quite a big... So, yeah, taking four minutes off. off. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. But it'll yeah, be interesting to see because there was only a few foreign foreigners. It was uh, mostly German uh, competitors. Uh, there was only about five uh, international or people from outside Germany there. So it'll be interesting to see when they. That's the men's. The women's had a little bit more, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when they open open it up. Yeah, and I guess for those people who don't know about High Rocks, uh, it's a hybrid event where it's um, it's like a little bit like functional fitness combined with running. It's a little bit crossed over hybrid between CrossFit and OCR. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, and the workouts. I'm not too familiar with Hyrox myself, actually, but reading the workouts here, it's uh, eight to one kilometer runs. Yeah, so they, they have. Um, they start with. What did they start with? You start off doing a, a run. Um, two laps of a 400 meter course. Then you come in and uh, I'm trying to find the list of them. I had it open a minute ago. Yeah, I got it here. Uh, there was a okay. thousand meters on the, the ski ERG. Yeah. So, yeah. I never tried one of those actually, but those, those skiing machines, they look really hard. Mm. Um, and then the run and then 50 meter sled push, uh, run 50 meter sled pull. And run. the sleds, uh, does it give you the weights? Because they does, look a lot. Yeah, in pounds. Uh, do you know what that is in kg? <laughs> no, but the only reason I'm saying that is they looked a lot lighter. They were people were pushing them a lot uh, quicker. This one than the uh, previous uh, ones I've watched. Um, so still hmm. with the format. Yeah, but then after that, the workouts are there's so the sled pull run, 80 meter burpee broad jumps run, 1000 meter rowing, go for a run, uh, 200 meter farmer's carry, go for a run, 100 meter sandbag lunges, go yep. for a run, and then 100 wall bulls. Mm. Yes. Pretty intense. No, it is good. I, uh, I like I, I do enjoy watching it. I'd uh, love to give it a go, uh, but I can't see it getting to New Zealand in the short term. No, I've been seeing um, Hunter McIntyre's doing OCR Stars, which is a mm. virtual hybrid event. Uh, that's coming up in November. I think it's November. It's coming up soon. Um, but that's one we can do from New Zealand, actually, as it's a, a virtual event. Yeah, we're running on on this intro. Should we? Yep, I think we should cut, uh, cut this off and cut over to the interview.
and we'll, uh, we'll let it go from there. Here's our <coughs> our chat with one another again. Uh, enjoy. Hi, it's Steve Steady here, uh, and we're about to interview the other co-host here on the um, Obstacle Sports uh, Obstacle Racing podcast, uh, Max Bell. Do you want to give us a brief overview of yourself, Max? Um, yeah, I <laughs> don't know what to talk about. Um, I guess, yeah, the Obstacle Races New Zealand website. I've, I've run that for a few years, and now we're doing the, the podcast of it. Um, and beyond, beyond the website, just loving Obstacle Racing myself, running in it myself, participating in events. Um, yeah, I don't know what to talk about exactly at this point. <laughs> so, wh where are you based? Uh, in Wellington. Okay, you're living in Wellington. Um, yeah, just living down here with my my kids, my partner. Yep. Yeah. And what do you do for a job? Uh, do rope access. So do abseiling off buildings, get blown around in the wind in Wellington. It's a windy windy day tomorrow. It's meant to be gale force winds tomorrow, which is going to be fun. <laughs> You still go out even when the wind's up, like. Uh, not not it. if it gets really bad, you call it off. Um, and often, if you've just started a building, you know you can. The wind's coming from the north, so you can do the south side of the building and dodge the wind. But you run into <laughs> situations sometimes when you're stuck on one side and the wind's hitting that side, and you um, and you, you just do it anyway in the wind. There's always wind in Wellington. But if it gets really what, severe, don't do it. What's the access for? Is it like window cleaning or uh, replacing windows or? Yeah, so I'm doing window cleaning, building cleaning. Yep. Um, which is sort of, it's good. I've only started doing yeah, the abseiling, the rope access for probably coming up on one year now. Uh, so win window cleaning is a good entry point into it. Um, so hopefully that would be my career goal one day is, yeah, take the rope access skills and move into some other companies, get into some other sort of building maintenance work. Okay, that's good. All right, let's go back. Let's talk about young Mac. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Wellington as well. Oh, all Wellington. Yeah. You're a Wellington boy through and through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I grew up here and then moved away when I would have been late 20s, mid 20s, moved away to Wanganui. Um, was there for actually I met, met my we were only going to be there for temporarily um, and we ended up there for five years six years so I met my partner in Wellington and she was living in Wanganui so the the lease on my apartment was running out so decided to move in with her in Wanganui and the plan was to come back to Wellington and but then yeah we ended up there for a number of years and then about two I think three years ago we moved back to Wellington. Wow, that's good. Okay, and your OCR background, where did that start? Was it you a sports boy at school or is that something coming to you a bit later in life? Uh, no, not in school, just no, never into sports or physical activity in school. Um, probably started, I mean, now I'm, I'm really active and completely changed later in life but it probably started for me my love of fitness when I was like, probably just after I left school I think I was 19 and I discovered parkour 
um, got into parkour and I knew someone in in college who was uh he got into it himself and he was like a skinny sort of like Asian kid and <laughs> to see him get into parkour and him become really you know ripped and fit and muscular um just yeah piqued my interest of what is this thing and I remember going out training with him and uh going to Wellington City on the on the waterfront and they had um called it hell hell night so it was conditioning strength and conditioning session for parkour um so I'd go along to that and you you do push-ups and you know climb up walls and stuff and just do strength training mostly body weight stuff um I'd be sore really sore from that <laughs> take me about six or seven days until my body stopped hurting and then you know show up again for the next session and then be sore for a week and show up again and yeah just loved it just loved it so much that i kept coming back and yeah well, uh, right park was a bit new to me i'm uh i've only see what you see on the instagram and everything like that so is it a big yeah. scene here in new zealand it's like i can't say i've seen anyone jumping around the city where I work here in Auckland, but um, no, it's still, still pretty small in New Zealand. Um, there is a yeah community around New Zealand, people in each city who do it, just a handful of people, and it's sort of been underground here. Um, I mean, I guess to explain it, if, if listeners don't know about it, it's a little bit like urban gymnastics. Um, it's like uh, moving freely in your environment. So usually in an urban environment, you know, running up walls and uh, jumping over handrails and climbing buildings and just being able to move. Um, and the the type of parkour that I really got into and practiced was, which is where parkour grew out of, it grew out of like a military uh, background. So the idea was that um, you, know, you can use it in an emergency to, you know, reach another area or escape from an area. Um, and then that got passed down to a teenager in France him and his friends just practiced it in the streets and it parkour took on the, the youth culture, the urban youth culture. Um, but the, the way, yeah, the way I always practiced it and the people training in Wellington at the time when I got into it, um, there was some, some of the guys had martial arts backgrounds, so they were quite into the, the pure parkour, they call it, aspect of it, the, you know, not, not flips and tricks and acrobatics. And that's a big part of parkour, uh, the moving freely and showing off and expressing yourself. But in terms of being able to move efficiently, you know, flips, flip is useless. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like an interesting mix. It is somewhat similar to obstacle racing. Um, you know, you could call it an obstacle sport as well. And, it's got a lot of similar, similarities, but uh, from what I can yeah. see, I've never done it myself. But, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. And that led into OCR, or did you go into something else before you got to obstacle sport? Uh, yeah, I guess from there, I yeah got really into parkour, really heavily involved in it, and did it for a number of years, and that was my life, basically. <laughs> Always my dream to do something with parkour, but I think as I aged, I wanted something more out of it. Um, well, I guess before that, I started, uh, you know, doing doing activities around parkour just to improve my fitness and strength so i got into crossfit um did crossfit in wellington back in the early days when apparently i didn't know it at the time but apparently this was when crossfit was just coming to new zealand and like i found a oh i was doing parkour on the street actually some 
some stranger came up to me and was like, have you heard of CrossFit? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have. I've seen the videos online. And, and he had a mate who was just opening uh, the first CrossFit box in Wellington. <clears throat> there was one in the hut outside of Wellington at the time, but the first one in Wellington was opening up. So I signed up to that and I'd, yeah, I'd often go along to the classes and it would just be me and the instructor. Like, you know, one person, me, would show up because he was studying. So I'd, I'd get a one-on-one lesson. It was really good value. Um, yeah, so I did, did CrossFit, just got into functional fitness. And but I guess going back to my earlier point, like trying to take sort of these values and lessons from parkour and just apply it to something more. Because parkour, yeah, it's a big youth activity. Um, but I think a lot of the value from it can benefit a wider audience. Um, just in terms of the functional fitness and the kind of the confidence it builds, knowing how to move your body and how to manage risk and manage danger. Um, so I, I discovered MoveNet online um, and got into that. So that's a, so it's a, like a physical, it's a fitness system that the same way the, the founder of that was inspired by parkour. He, he trained parkour and took some of the same principles developed a fitness system um so it's based around natural movement around moving in your environment again um but he also brought in like manipulation you know lifting weights and moving weights and uh combat fighting defending um and that system's more about doing it in a natural environment more so than an urban environment like parkour so move nets about getting out in nature and going barefoot and training on uh non-uniform environments you know balancing a tree branch rather than a gymnastics beam so adapting to your environment in that way um yeah that was cool got really into that and oh so i discovered ocr actually in i think it was about 2013 so me and some parkour buddies were we were coaching parkour classes in wellington and a yoga instructor um, approached us and she had this idea to start a what do you call it like a, a package just to offer clients sort of a course yep. Yep. Yeah, where clients would sign up and they'd do like whatever it was eight weeks of uh, yoga and parkour and running and some other things and at the end of it you'd all go over and do Tough Mudder um, over in Australia Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she wanted to bring together these activities that would help towards an obstacle. Yep. And parkour was part of that, yeah. Um, but it never happened. That The idea never went ahead. <laughs> but I, I remember going to yeah her yoga studio and she showed us the video for Tough Mudder and um, you, know, you see people running through mud and climbing obstacles and you see people running through the electric wires <laughs> and getting shocked. And I'm thinking, like, what, what is this? <laughs> like, why, why would someone pay to do that? Like, why, why, why do I want to say yes to doing this? <laughs> um, just thinking it was dumb. <laughs> and uh, but but it stuck. I remember just the idea of Tough Mudder stuck in the back of my head. And then Tough Mudder came to New Zealand in 2014. Um, and the the idea of it was in my head already. I was sort of pre prepped for it, so I decided just to take the plunge and sign up um, and didn't know anyone who did it. Didn't know anyone who did obstacle racing. So I Googled for a team to enter, enter yep. Tough Mudder with, 
and found the Obstacle Races New Zealand uh, people. So back before I did the website, um, there was a couple in Wellington who started it. So I signed up, joined their team and went along, ran Tough Mudder with them and the rest of the people from their team. And it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. And that was Where was that Tough Mudder? Was that in Auckland or down in Wellington? In Auckland, yeah. So you all come up to well, uh, up from Wellington. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me, me, and yeah, they came up from Wellington. I think there were people from all around the country. I think the team yeah. was just like open invite. You know, a lot of people who like me, same situation, I guess, were looking for a team to run this crazy thing with. And we all got we all printed out matching t-shirts and ran it and took us. It took us like three hours, four hours, or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but just chatting to them the whole way, like the Dan and Corinne were the couple who launched Opscorosis New Zealand as a website. And Dan had run a Tough Mudder in Australia before. So he was like, yeah, loved it. He was talking about it the whole way and he was talking about the Legionnaire Club, you know, once you've run a Tough Mudder. Um, yeah. yeah, and it was awesome. I just fell in love with it there. And after doing that event, I, you know, got it. I got just clicked like oh here's why people want to run through electric wires on purpose <laughs> um you know now i'm definitely in love with it yes and it's into your blood yeah so from there i just ran more races um i ran in a few more races with dan and corinne actually um so they was traveling to races around the country and i did uh a tough guy and gal with them the palmerston north one which is pretty cool it's on a held on a military base so they use some of the military obstacles in their course is good fun and um mudmaster which uh was in wanganui which which isn't held anymore and yeah it was awesome i love that we just entering with them was like just doing it for fun running at a casual pace and yeah. uh just just love the camaraderie of it the experience because i remember dan dan's sort of motto was uh like go straight through the middle so whenever we'd come to a mud pit or a water crossing, you see everyone like skirting the outside, trying not to get wet. And then Dan would, you know, yell and run straight through the middle and splash everyone and throw mud at everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like make people go through the middle with him. And that was awesome. It was so fun to see just, uh, you know, random strangers and you just jump in there and have fun and challenge them. And yeah, it was so much fun. I loved that. Um, yeah, but from there I just started... I guess running more competitively like from the casual kind of, um, you know, wa walking, just jogging races, started running races. And I wasn't a runner from parkour. <laughs> parkour is sort of a, sort of a joke that um, free running, it's also known as free running, but it's sort of a joke that free runners don't run. <laughs> um, you know, you run like five meters at once. You run up to a jump, do a jump and then stop. <laughs> so I remember I wanted, I wanted to, do obstacle races more seriously, you know, try to push myself more. And I remember living in Wanganui in our house and I'd go for a run around the block. It was quite a small block. It was maybe a 10 minute run, but I was exhausted after that. <laughs> that was, that was my limit of how far I could run at that point. Um, and now that's like, you know, my warm up. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that was my workout just so shattered afterwards and just keep running from there yeah running around the next blocks and running around the river monganui and um yeah slowly entered more races around the country 
yeah, I guess quite a few of them aren't held anymore. There was, I remember going to Naki Ranamuk, held in Taranaki, was really cool on the beach, and did the madness from, that was in Auckland, maybe? There was one up here called the Madness, yeah. Yeah, from Yule Event Management, um, and did their obstacle run as well. They had an event in Rotorua, I think it was. It was really cool. And... Went down, oh, I went down. Probably the next big step, I guess, in my obstacle racing was went down to the Wairua Warrior in Nelson. Um, and that was awesome, like, because uh, you know, a lot of the people, the organizers, and a lot of the people who do it had gone over overseas, I think, to Hawaii, yeah, and Hawaii. Done, done, yeah, and done Spartans, done Trifecta. So they wanted to bring that to New Zealand, so they were building this race in New Zealand that was all bringing in that sort of stuff and it was also new to me and it was awesome <laughs> just seeing them pushing it and the obstacles were awesome and still are awesome probably the best in New Zealand um, but just being exposed to that and I started listening to OCR podcasts trying to learn as much as I could about it I guess that's it and you just keep doing events and um, then the obstacle race with New Zealand people uh, they didn't want to do the website anymore, so they got in touch with me and asked if I wanted to take it over. And I said yes, and yeah, took over the website and sort of, sort of run it as a hobby in my spare time. Um, so I got all these big dreams around what I want it to be and never really happened and could still happen one day, but the idea is that it shares news and you know um, resources, like articles and fitness tips and an event calendar as well, and now a podcast. And now a podcast, yes. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> yes. So have you been overseas and done OCR races? Did you? No, I haven't. Okay. I'd love to. Um, yeah. I think now just in terms of like, living in Wanganui, we were, I guess, didn't have much money, struggling financially. Yeah. Um, so that, that was always kind of stopped me. So I was listening, yeah, I was reading, you know, obstacle racing websites and listening to podcasts and hearing about all these races overseas and it'd be awesome to go do them, but never able to. And even around New Zealand, there's so many events I wanted to go, but couldn't yeah. go to. Uh, but just now, probably this year, we've, you know, me and my my partner have gotten sorted and now we've got a lot more savings, a lot more money and we're able to travel and yeah, <laughs> so hopefully going forward, we're able to do this cool sort of stuff. Um, oh, and, and in the past, you know, I've, I've qualified for the, OCR World Championships a few times down at Wairua yep. Warrior, qualified there in Nelson, um, but just never been able to go to the championships, just, just never no. been able to afford it. But hopefully one day, hopefully yeah. going yeah, forward. I knew you qualified, I just wasn't sure whether you'd actually got over to, to do one of the races or not. No, I just never had the money to. <laughs> just going back on to the uh, obstacle courses, the races you talked about here in New Zealand, why do you think a lot of them have uh, gone under is it because they were ahead of their time or is it not because they're getting participation or is it because of these bigger companies coming in and um, making it too hard to compete uh, hmm. yeah I've never I haven't heard directly from any event organizers why they've gone under um, I guess what we talked about yeah tough mudder came here in 2014 and then didn't come back and then came back a few years later, actually. And I don't know if that was separate. 
separate organisers or not? Back in 16 or 17, I did one at Hampton Downs in 16 mm. or 17. Yeah, I did that too. And that was here so, for two or three years. And then <clears throat> I know the reason that left the game was the company got bought out. Um, so that wasn't anything to do with Tough Mudder. The, the company got bought out and the new company cancelled a whole bunch of events, including Tough yeah. Mudder. Um, but I mean, yeah, some of the races I did around um, Wanganui, that sort of area, some of those have disappeared. I don't know why. I think they were getting participation still. I think there's expensive things to run as well. Yeah, um, interesting to find out because I know that talking to a lot of people and, and like you listening to podcasts, there was a lot of uh, those type of events around. And I mean, a long time ago, <laughs> um, in 12, 2012, 2013, 2014, because OCR was only really taking off around the world at that stage. Mm. And, um, and New Zealand is ahead of the ball with like adventure racing and that as well. And, and that is still quite big here. But I, uh, a lot of those smaller smaller ones just seem to have fallen by the wayside and it'd be interesting to find someone to see if we can work out why or can an understanding why yeah talk to some of the event organizers because definitely that time frame in new zealand um after 2014 there were there were there were more events there were a bunch of events around new zealand that sort of disappeared and i don't know why it was because yeah, when you go and look at it, Spartan and all that, there's a couple of the old English ones and, and that where Spartan came from, but Spartan's only been around since about 2010, 2009, I think, really, hasn't it? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it seems that that's going bang, bangbusters all around the world. And I know back in Australia when uh, we lived there, there was lots of them were starting out and they're still quite big, but now New Zealand, they just seem to have dried up a little bit. They have, yeah. Yeah, you got the big ones still going strong, like Tough Guy and Gal and yeah. uh, Warrior. Yes. Alpha Challenge. Yes, there's a new, a new one in the second year now. Yeah. So hopefully that'll keep going. The, the Warrior down in uh, Monica. Um, and yeah, and a few others. So hopefully they will, what do you call it? Um, all keep going. Hmm. Uh, um you said you're not a trail runner so you running was never a part of your background i think now now it is now i enjoy running <laughs> but no never part of my background had to force myself to do it um yeah just just loved entering the obstacle races but you know the running always let me down <laughs> never a fast runner or a good runner so I realized i had to actually get good at running if i wanted to start placing in races um, just force myself to run and definitely enjoy it now. It's quite uh, meditative now. Yep. I love going out, running by myself. And it's often hard to find motivation by yourself. And my, my partner was asking me the other day why I don't join a running club, um, which I think I don't want to <laughs> because, you know, running for me is just, yeah, meditation and alone time and de-stressing time. and Yeah. Yeah, well, I always tell my, tell my wife and everything. I like running, especially trail running, and I don't mind going with people. I don't like, I don't mind doing events, but I don't want to run with anyone all the time because it's like your motivation or your mental health. Or like I say, it's just you come home, you feel absolutely buggered, but you do feel really good. It's like it gives you a little buzz, um, mm. even only a few k's, but just through the forest or 
that are, um, we've got some quite good tracks around the coast from where we live here in Auckland. So, hmm. But getting on to that, um, motivation. What's motivating you? <clears throat> getting you motivated now with uh, being in lockdown, or you're out of lockdown, we're still in lockdown. Just but, came out, yeah. yeah keep, keeping motivated towards exercising um, and stuff like that, especially with so many events being cancelled. Um, how do you keep yourself motivated? Um, in terms of fitness? Fitness and towards the OCR type stuff because going out and swinging off monkey bars is all right, but you've got to have some reason to do it other than uh, especially uh, when it's wet and rainy. Well, I think, I think that has been my reason. <laughs> just not an OCR in general, but just, just fitness and um, and com- coming from my parkour background, I guess, just enjoying moving for the sake of it, going out and, and basically a form of play, just adult play now. It's like, oh, oh can I can I get along those monkey bars? Let's, let's try it, find out. And um, So I guess sort of a motivation, just the, the joy of movement. And, yeah, I'm a big believer in, like, um, being a generalist in terms of fitness um, and fitness for health, using fitness to improve your overall health. So rather than saying, I'm just going to run and that's it, you know, I'm going to hit the road, you know, multiple yeah. times a week and, and then cause <laughs> an injury because of that, or become a really good runner and then, you know, can't do a single pull up. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I'm a big believer in just being able to do a broad brace of stuff, a, a broad base, kind of like CrossFit, I guess. So, um, so you mentioned the CrossFit side. Did you? Do you go to CrossFit or do you go to a gym regularly or did you have you previously, I take it? No, I'm, I'm constantly changing what I'm doing. Like <laughs> I never stick to anything for too long. Um, so I have done CrossFit in the past. Yeah, did CrossFit in Wellington and then I uh, went to Wanganui and actually coached CrossFit. Not that I knew what I was doing, not that I was certified, but... <laughs> Arriving in Wanganui, their box was just getting started, and okay. I talked to talked to them, and they were like, "Oh, you've you have experience in CrossFit. Um, would you like to coach?" So I jumped in there and coached CrossFit for a while, um, and then came back and signed up as a participant to their gym again and trained with them for a while. And yeah, just just um, I emailed a CrossFit gym down here yesterday. Actually, my partner signed up to CrossFit couple months back so i'm just yep. gonna sign up do it with her and yeah over lockdown in wellington a few weeks back we did a um zoom crossfit class with her and it was a cool experience actually because we it was push-ups and burpees and five rounds of that so 20 push-ups uh i think 20 push-ups 20 burpees and then you rest for a minute or whatever it was two minutes and then five five rounds um, but I hadn't, I hadn't done CrossFit in <laughs> a year, maybe two years. So yeah, did that did that workout, and I went way too hard on the first round, and stood up at the end of the first round for the break, and you know my everything just went red. <laughs> like, felt dizzy, and um, talking to my partner, she's chatting, and like my my hearing started going was an interesting sensation. I don't know if I felt that before. So like she's talking, and I can't really hear what she's saying. And I had to interrupt her and tell her, tell her I'm losing my hearing. And uh, just I like, pushed way too hard. Like, my, I guess my body started turning off. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I enjoy that. Um, and I, the rest of the workout, I slowed down and 
managed to finish it. But just, you know, I guess the race equivalent of an OCR equivalent, how everyone, there's always that group of people who sprint out of the gate and then out of the gate. Yeah. And then slow down, you know, 1K later or 500 meters later and you just pass them and they, they finish, you know, a lot worse off in positions. Um, yeah, but I enjoy pushing myself that way. And so I think part of my motivation going back to that question was just moving for the fun of it and pushing myself, challenging myself. But, but also, like you've been saying, um, having an event to train for. And that side of my motivation sort of disappeared at the moment where it's hard with events keep postponing. That. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said to you, I'm, I'm struggling now. I get out of bed at 5.30, go to the gym three days a week. And, well, I can't at the moment because we're in lockdown, but um, I get out of bed and I see it's raining and I go down and make myself a coffee. Think, ah, mm-hmm. i got nothing on today, bugger it. <laughs> I'm just going to not even go for a run. Yeah. Have my coffee and pat the dog. Uh, uh, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess in terms of training, though, like, I mean, I probably go to the gym once a week. And I, go, I run maybe. I try to run three times a week, but I'll often end up doing once or twice. So I don't I don't train that much, which is weird. But I have a physical job, I think, is what I. And you're yeah, you're out. I've got a able to maintain fitness. Yeah. And, but the other thing too is I shouldn't say a gym. I, I was at a gym, and now I've joined a boot camp, which is um, two days a week outside, running around a park. Or um, so we're not into a lot of lifting of weights. It's more just movement and keeping my older body free and mm. flexible. So. Yeah. But just on coffee, if you could have a coffee with any historical person or any person uh, not with us anymore, who would you choose and why? Um, yeah, not with us anymore. <laughs> well, I suppose they could be with us. They're just, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. It's just yeah, it's a question we decided we were going to ask everyone. So we need Yeah, to no, I know. I know you talked about this question earlier, but, but I was thinking um he's he's still alive actually he's not he's not historical not dead yeah. um but david bell who's the the founder of parkour okay so the creditors like the father of modern parkour he's the like i talked about earlier the the french teenager that, that's david bell he his father um his father was a child soldier in, in the vietnam war <laughs> and yeah. so his father invented parkour to fight like life or death you know run through the jungle um and the war ended and his father passed it down to him just these principles of movement and david bell took it um as a teenager into the city um but yeah it'd be fascinating to talk to him about that that time in his life and you know i've read i've read his autobiography and read interviews with him and um he has a lot to say about that part of his life, you know, his influence from his father and developing parkour. And but but since then he's gone quiet. Don't hear much from him. So it'd be interesting to, I guess, learn more about that and hear what he's up to in later life. Like hear what he's doing these days. Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. Anyone, anyone, especially where he got that stuff from, getting it from uh, life and death situations like the Vietnam War or any of those wars. It's an interesting um, concept. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. And the second last question I've got is, if there's one question you'd wish I'd ask you, 
what is it and how would you have answered? I guess in terms of talking about myself, I was, I guess this is my chance during this interview. <laughs> Future episodes will be talking to other people. But, but me talking about, you know, me getting into obstacle racing and uh, different events and meeting the obstacle races New Zealand people um, and training myself, becoming more of a runner. Um, but, but while all that was going on, I was also studying. So I was enrolled at Massey Uni, did a um, degree in sports. So it was, it was a Bachelor of Business Studies majoring in sports business management. Um, so I got a lot of that knowledge. And I, haven't, I haven't used it really. It's one of my goals, I guess, one day is to maybe get more into that, apply some of the book knowledge and place they have a lot of book knowledge I'm not using. Um, but, but also, yeah, I was, I was volunteering at different obstacle races as well over the years. So I got to see that side of it. Um, while I was studying, I volunteered for the Mudmuster, um, which was, doesn't exist anymore, but it was the Mudder. And then they split off into the Mudmaster and the Mudder. And the oh, Mudder okay. is still going. It still exists in Wanganui. Yeah, but mostly helped them with uh, marketing, um, like finding spot prizes and getting flyers out there and um, wrote some press releases for them that got picked up in the paper. That was really cool to see. Um, and yeah, just learning about events and what else? Oh, I talked talk to... Um, Mule event management, did a little bit of work for them and talking to the organizers behind Way Rural Warrior. And um, oh, so I guess I guess one thing I neglected was one of the big pivotal moments for me that really got me into OCR was going down to the Warrior uh, one year. I don't know what year it was, but Bracken Cracker got invited oh, okay. to New Zealand. Yeah, yep. so he, he's a um, or was a professional obstacle course racer from the States. So, you know, it was his job. To enter Spartan races and running races and win prize money. Um, so the organizers from flew him over to New Zealand, and that was fascinating, you know, to sit down with him and talk to him and learn all about obstacle racing and just see what it was like overseas. And um, yeah, I know that sort of changed my whole view on what could happen, and I know it changed a lot of other people's view. Um, I know Kevin, Kevin Ford, he'd be interesting to get on the podcast. He yeah. builds the obstacles for the Wai Rural Warrior, but he, he credits that as well as changing his his life, I don't know, his thinking <laughs> on OCR. Yeah. Got him into it after he met Bracken. Um, yeah. So what are they talking about? Oh, and then Ultimate Athlete, doing a lot of volunteering for them. I was going to say, because you were involved with the uh, adjudicating and everything at Ultimate Athlete, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Officiating, yeah. I was the head official, Ultimate Athlete. So I worked with them to develop the rule system, the whole idea of the penalty loops or penalty loop and the wristbands. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it's exciting to see okay, that I, in play. I did enjoy that. I don't enjoy burpees um, mm. and that. And I know my last Spartan race that I went to in Australia, there was a hell of a lot of burpees because there was things that I hadn't trained for, like slack. You said you had bought your kids a slack rope the other day. Well, they had slack rope there and it's oh. something I not, never had a go at before. And uh, they're having to do 30 burpees because you can't go 10 metres walking across a slack line. Is, uh, yeah. Well, not even 10 metres. It was probably five metres. It looked like 10. Yeah. <laughs> could feel, could be like 
two meters feels like 10 meters. All right. Uh, and one last thing, where can the listeners get connected with you online and that? What's your, where's your media, social media pages? Yeah, mostly use Facebook. Um, you can find me on Facebook. We can put a link in the show notes. Um, yeah, I do, do have an Instagram and stuff, but I just don't really use it. But yeah, I can put in my contact details, my Facebook and my email if people want to contact me and, and talk or ask questions or otherwise the Obstacle Races New Zealand website can reach me through that. We'll put a link to that. Um, but yeah, I guess before we go and I guess future episodes, just talk about, I guess for me, I was wanting to share my passion for OCR. And, um, for me, it's like the, the perfect sport and it is, it brings in all my, you know, my interests and, like what I've done in the past, parkour and CrossFit and OCR really is like functional test. You know, it's man versus the environment. Environment, yeah. Yeah, which is an awesome sport. I guess the original sport in my mind, like, you know, tens of thousands of years, we would have been doing that over in, um, evolution. Yeah. You know, just be running through nature and uh, over cliffs. And so OCR for me really is a sport that's like bringing that back and, and, and I, I definitely love that it provides opportunities for such a wide range of people and to get different experiences out of it. So athletes can enter it, people can run for, for positions and competitive runners can do it and everyday people can do it and weekend warriors can do it. And like, you know, you can do it with your family and your workmates and do it as teams. And I love that it's mass participation, basically. It's, it is. Yeah. That, that's the big thing I like about it um, is the the camaraderie, and you brought that up about your the first Tough Mudder and that when you come up here, and that stuck with me when I did the one in Queensland. It was total strangers I didn't know giving me a hand over a wall or stuff like that, and then you're all chatting at the end, and you don't know them from a bar, so I probably never see them again. Some of them I've run into a few times, but mm. um, and, yeah, you're chatting as if you've known each other for 100, 100 years and you just because you've been out neck deep in cold, wet mud and... Clambering yeah. over bloody obstacles. Yeah, it's like you've gone gone to war together and <laughs> shared yeah. bad times. And it's also, I guess some of my best memories are from being out on the course. Like uh, I remember last Tough Mudder 2016 or whenever it came back, but I was looking forward to the, the Legionnaire obstacle. Um, so I ran it with my orange headband on for my first 2014 event. Um, yeah. And I ran it with some others, but I went through the arctic enema the ice bath yeah duck under the ice go through ice water and i came up again and my headband was missing <laughs> but i only realized after i climbed out and um i remember looking back in and being like i don't want to go back in there and, and the guy i the guy i was running with just instantly jumped in like jumped in yeah. dived under the water came up with a headband <laughs> now i'm looking at him being like oh <laughs> but like yeah but he, i remember his words were like uh you know, he knew how much this, this meant to me, like how yep. much I treasure having that headband and looking forward to earning my second one. Um, but just just moments like that that I'll never forget. And um, oh, so one of my introductions to Sparta naturally was during the My Rural Warrior. Uh, the first one I entered, I I remember being in pain running the race. It, you know, it's yeah, you're pushing your body hard and it sucks and People were around you though, and I was in pain. I just had to keep going. But we, we reached this part where you, oh, you pick up a tire, you need to run with it up a hill, 
to a point, turn, turn around, come back down. Um, so at one point doing that, you know, there's no one in front of me, no one behind me. So I was suddenly alone in the woods. <laughs> um, and I remember being in so much pain, like I was wanting to start crying or, or just wanting to stop moving. Um, and then I was coming down the track and the guy coming up, like was shirtless, had a giant Spartan logo tattooed on his chest. <laughs> and he like, yeah, reaches out, like gives me a high five, like just said something encouraging. Um, and that was so cool to see, you know, like uh, that like, you know, gave me the motivation to keep going through the race and finish the race. Um, but just moments like that where it's like, you know, I'm suffering and he's probably suffering too, but, you know, there's just that little connection point. Um, you're both yep. suffering together. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly what you mean, and that is probably when you talk to ninety-five percent of the people, that's what it's all about. And the teams, the team sports, the team side of it. Uh, the first one I did in Australia was a team one, and um, I knew a few of them, but I didn't know a lot of them. It was just like you said, your one. It was just I signed up with a whole group of friends. Sorry, I signed up with a a team that I didn't know hardly anyone, and had such a fantastic weekend, and then wanted to do it every weekend, and realised that. Australia, you could you couldn't because there wasn't enough events. But uh, hopefully, we can get at least one event here in New Zealand a month going forward in the next few years, which would be good. It would be amazing because I remember talking to years ago Bracken Cracker. He was yeah racing professionally and also coaching. But he was saying one of or I guess one or maybe it was a few of his clients were literally entering a race every single weekend, like traveling around the states, racing every weekend and. I'm, like, I'm so jealous of that. <laughs> I'd love to do that. I'd love for New Zealand to get to that point where there, there is that many races on. Um, and, and also, like, having worked and lived over there for a little while, flights and everything are so cheap too. It's like you can hop on a plane um, and fly there and back in a day because it's so cheap. Mm. Uh, that's one thing that uh, we don't have here. But we don't have a lot of uh, big populous so there's only going to be four or five different areas it's going to be in so yeah certainly but it's a mass participation sport hmm. yeah and it's an elite sport too that's what i love that the people like you're out on the same course you know what i mean oh, yeah is a, a rather than like a a ball sport a rugby or a soccer or a netball or whatever where it's like you know it's sort of the the athletes can do it or we can only really be competitive in your your younger years and then and you can go out and do it for fun but you can't do it with the top athletes whereas ocr you know you're on the course with them and being an endurance sport as well you can be your know, endurance athletes you can be in competitive at endurance you know throughout life it's not just a 20 year old's game and yeah it's definitely sustainable it's awesome all right is there anything else you want to cover off before we wrap up tonight um, I don't know. So many thoughts and <laughs> so many things to say about OCR. Uh, we'll take some of them so we can bring them out when we talk to other people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll try and keep some. <laughs> um, oh, I, I guess what we talked about interviewing you a little bit about one thing I was wanting to mention too was that we're in, both involved in now. I guess where my journeys lead up to now is the NZ always say. The New Zealand Obstacle Sports Association. Um, yeah, it's a big part of what we're doing now, trying to push obstacle sports. And um, oh, that reminds me. One thing. One thing in the past was 
Uh, I wrote it down here. 2017, there was a previous attempt to form a governing body. I don't know if you heard about that. That's something oh, I was involved in too. I mentioned it when we were first going and forming uh, back in February this year that, 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 that it had been tried, but uh, I don't know much about it. Yeah, that, I was involved in that in the past. Um, okay. So it was, meant, it was called Obstacle Course Racing New Zealand. And around the 2017, 2018 period, um, there was an attempt to form a governing body and um, it sort of, sort of fell apart. There was quite a few problems with it. <laughs> United a lot of people, though. a lot of people came together to talk about it. And yeah. um, but I think it just was didn't go about it the right way. Um, and there was one person leading it. He, he isn't involved now. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he's still into obstacle racing, um, but he hasn't put his hand up to be involved in the, the new governing body, the OSA now. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot from that and learning a lot going forward from the Obstacle Sports Association. And yeah, so I guess I love to do that. I love to keep my hands in uh, multiple baskets. Is that the phrase? <laughs> trying, to, trying to run races, trying to be involved in governance, trying to do the website, trying to do the podcast. And um, yeah, just as a passion, maybe make money out of it one day, but <laughs> it doesn't earn me any money at this point. Um, yeah, definitely talk to interesting people going forward and learn more about all this stuff and educate ourselves as we go. And yeah, I'm very excited about it, about the podcast. Oh, I'm very excited about the podcast. I think, yeah, we've got a lot of potential. We're an untapped market here in New Zealand, so we'll have a lot of people to talk to. Mm. And I'm looking forward to it.